Chris Roots is now joining us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Dave. How's Bundaberg? Mate, it's actually really good. Uh, be good to see the uh, the family and be up here. And uh, I know that. Uh, well, I'm probably looking forward as well to seeing uh, Magic Millions this afternoon. Take two. Yeah, take two. Um, I think the vest has been left alone to prepare the track this time, so that might make a bit of a difference. I think that uh, is exactly right. And I just want to touch on that um, before we get into, obviously, the inquiry. And you mentioned this on Punters Postmortem. I mean, Navesh um, is one of the, the top blokes when it comes to, I think, um, you know, our racing game and behind the scenes. Um, you know, we only hear him on certain points and race days when there's track reports and whatnot. Obviously, our Sydney audience would know him from joining. But, uh, mate, you've had a lot to do with him over your time. Uh, he will never throw anyone under the bus, will he? No, he won't. And the the thing is, the, the the I heard Brad Davidson talking earlier that the track was wasn't heavy. It was it was definitely heavy. I walked it after race one, and it got to, it had a great a great lot of grass on it, but there were slip marks where the horses were really ripping into it. Now it had rained for about oh, I'd say about two hours leading into that first race, and you saw the first race on Saturday. They they come through mist and things like that. It, it did get slippery on top. Um, the area of concern is the lowest point of the track, and that that's where all the water had sort of um, gathered, and that's why they had to move the rail. And it was just uh, almost a perfect storm. They were, they were racing on this t- track for the last time, and they were just trying to get through so that they could rush through and have a new track this time next year. So I think um, there, was, there has to be a little bit of mitigation there because... Um, it wasn't. It wasn't the perfect conditions to be, to be um, putting together a track, and then you get the absolutely worst crop of rain, which basically just sits on top of the track track and um, makes it slippery. And um, the jockeys come back, and rightfully so, they were saying they couldn't see see back in the field, and they they were worried about slipping. And when James's horse, James James McDonald's horse, slipped in the two-year-old race. Well, that was the that was the end of it. It was all it was going to be all over by after that, and we come back on Thursday, and hopefully we get back towards somewhere towards a good track because the one thing about that Gold Coast track with the heat up there, it can, it can improve very quickly. Yeah, very much so. And so it is a warm day across Queensland. I think today it's a beautiful day. Uh, what about um, and I had to have a bit of a chuckle. The world racing rankings. And we see this uh, big uh, event over in the UK, the Longines event. Uh, they've been wonderful supporters of racing Longines. But fair dinkum, I don't really understand um, how these horses are, uh, are marked, mate. It just doesn't make sense. It seems like it, it seems like if I had a horse that was getting towed up here in Australia, I could take it overseas, race them and there, and I'd then come back and be a better horse in their eyes. Yeah, well, the... the I don't think anyone can argue flight line 140 that was it was just it just mesmerized the racing world on Breeders Cup day and in the Pacific Classic and it's been it, it, it's a disappointment that they didn't go on but when they got when they tested the waters for yeah. start and found out how much it was though, worth tell me this though Chris sorry to cut you off uh if Winks was an American or Winks was a uh, a pommy do you think she would have been a 140? Well, she was almost up there because you've got to remember there's four pounds allowance for for mares. So whatever a mare gets, you add another four pounds onto it because they take the um, weight allowance out. So it's they're, 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 they're dropped down four, four points. So, you know, 
for a mare to be the equal of a colt, it's actually got to be four points better than it sort of thing. That's the way yeah. the, they, they do the ratings. So she was rated right up to his best. What I don't get with these ratings is that some horses that continually win are boosted up in some jurisdictions. In other jurisdictions, they say, well, unless you go somewhere else, as in the case of Winx, Black Caviar and that, we, we, we don't believe the rating that comes out of, out of them. So if you win 30 in a row, um, surely you're, you're, and you, you're going to have, have your off day, you're going to have bad luck, which we know Winx had. We, we saw that. She missed the start by five one day. She's um, got herself in a bit of trouble and got herself out of trouble, I think, in a Turnbull Stakes. And even Huey said a couple of times it was more her than me. You know, surely that's worth another two, two or three points. When you get to 10, maybe if, when you get to 10 wins, when you get to 15 wins, they've got to factor in. This horse is just simply better than what it's meeting and, and perhaps is just um, doing it so easily. And what happened in with the Melbourne horses this year? They all raced each other. They got to a they got to a level. They all got given given a, a fairly high rating, like your Alligator Bloods, your Mister Brightsides, your I'm Thunderstrucks, because they were racing each other and finishing around the same things. The the ratings continued to stay fairly steady, but they didn't go up any. So you never had a you've never got an idea of that these horses are are going better than what they what they say they are. And the perfect example is. Law of Indices. Now, mm. it's better. Apparently, apparently, it's one performance in, in Hong Kong makes it a better horse than Mazu lost and running Eduardo. Our best horses, our best sprinters, where we excel, and it's gone to one nineteen. I spoke to handicapper Ben Dunn yesterday about this. It got one fourteen internationally in the Cox Plate. It come back to Sydney, got towed up by Ellsberg in the Five Diamonds. And drop back to one one oh seven. Then it goes to Hong Kong, and then it's a twelve pound better horse in Hong Kong because it was chasing two Hong Kong horses that have only ever raced in Hong Kong. It yeah, just, and that's wrong. Some of those that's, things. That's, that, that, yeah, that's wrong. And they say so. So what Ben's argument? What the argument of the handicap is? Is we we look at the race, not the not the yeah, but the yeah, but the race. But the, was, uh, the other idea is maybe these Hong Kong horses aren't as good as they as, as they've got the marked. Marked, and they should have pulled them back a bit rather than boost the horse that's Owen fourteen since it's come from Europe. You know that's the that's the argument. Like I know I know Law of Industries has run some good races. It's run seconds and thirds in Group Ones, but it hasn't won. It hasn't won in two years. Yet it's a one nineteen horse horse off a off one run in Hong Kong. It just doesn't that doesn't make sense. And uh, there's another one. He's a shocker. Got lifted up for its run in the Champion Stakes. Like it was a at best a handicapper, and now I think it's a one seventeen horse under the ratings because it fitted in with the pattern. Because Zaki, Zaki and Adamo and the horses around it, it had the you could it quite easily make the case it should be one seventeen off that run. Um, but when you looked at that race, they they really didn't run along at a genuine gallop or anything or at all. And Zaki, as we know, when he when he gets his way in front, he's very hard to get past, and it's just. Some of them, some of them leave you just shaking your head and saying, "Well, maybe there's a, there's there's a little bit of unconscious bias to certain jurisdictions and maybe towards Victorian racing." I just yeah, I I, I just don't understand um, how yeah you're, you're right um, in a in a race like that where yes he's run he ran um, 
uh, a very credible race. He was beaten, what, 1.6 by California Spangle and Golden 60, which is fantastic. How many was in that race, though? There was only nine yeah. in it. So he's yeah, run three the of gap, nine. The gap, the gap back to fourth was fairly big as well. So yeah. if, you, so if you... So the way they look at it, they say, right, this horse has run to this mark. And then they work... They say, right... Well, California, I think California was 121 or something like that, or 122. And they say, well, working back, it's probably run to that rating. So now we've got to, it's one and a half lengths back to um, Law of Indices. So Law of Indices has got to be about uh, a 119 horse off the margin back back to from the horse they had marked as 121. They, don't, they, they will never admit that they've got a horse wrong. And a lot of Australian horses got the... the so, top rank got what is a one fifteen horse off its Epson Epson win, where it was dead heated with Ellsberg, where Ellsberg got weight off it. So Ellsberg's got to be a lesser rating than it. Ellsberg held its rating at the next thing. So, from what I'm told, uh, they tried to put it to a top ranked in at one fifteen and Ellsberg in at uh, one sixteen and Ellsberg in at one fifteen. But when top rank dropped back, they dropped back Ellsberg. Then Ellsberg won two in a row. And I know it's a so-called pop-up race to Five Diamonds. They did break a track record at 1,800 metres. And it has towered up a horse. They gave 119 at its next start. You know, and they say, oh, we're looking at the races in isolation. Well, if you're looking at them in isolation, if you break a track record that's been around for 20 years, 10 or 15 years, I think it was, um, they, and they, and what they did, they looked at, um, the Annabelle Nisham, um, horse, um, Seberg, Seberg, or, um, whatever ran oh, second. Oh, yeah, Sabark. Yeah, it ran, ran second in the uh, five and, uh, and they said they had to jump it too many points to to lift that race. race, race mm. So to get Ellsberg to where it probably should have been. So in on the international ratings, Ellsberg should be getting two and a half kilos off um, Law of Indices in a Doncaster. Mm. And, and just, on, just while we're on these uh, world's best racehorse rankings, uh, do you agree that uh, in that, what, top... 22 or that top that top graphic that came out of which is on the uh, on online that yeah. um, the only Australian horse there is is Nature Strip yeah I, I think you know like you know it's uh, uh, Animo is probably the only one you could argue could be a little bit higher well, where, where is Animo why isn't why, why, are they do they, they genuinely believe that Animo is not in the top 20 horses in the world well, Animo doesn't win by big spaces, Dave, and a lot of the rate, these ratings are done on how far they win by. So, and this is probably was it, what happened with Winks. She'd, she'd win by a couple of lengths and just, you know, be doing it easy. There was n- never an occasion where Chris and Huey decided to put their handlebars down and put 10 lengths in them. Like, if you put 10 lengths in them, it's under the way they do the ratings, that's, that's a much better win than winning by just winning. So, the way our... Animo wins its races, other than the seven and a half length romp in the Rose Hill Guineas, there hasn't been big spaces in them and they, they tend to like to see the say a good performance is where the races space out. So that's how that, that operates. But he just kept winning. Like if he'd won the if he'd won the champions champion stakes, he would have been the first horse to do that since Rising Fast, win the win the three two thousand metre races in Melbourne. Like history says that's an outstanding horse, but um, he's at 121. Um, the um, Nature Strip 126. He got 126 for beating, um, with all due respect to the English sprinters, um, horses that probably would struggle to win an open handicap in Australia. Um, 
down the straight. I know he, he did it by five, but he got one twenty six for that, which was equal of the equal of the TJ Smith win. So, you know, it's obvious that you know if you go over and prove yourself over there, they're going to give you a little bit of a boost, and that's that's yeah. how the that's how it operates. And you know, but do you, we can do you, sit per- here do, you and... do you personally agree? Do you think just before we move on to this topic, do you think that in all seriousness, uh, we've only got one horse in the top what? How many horses are on that graphic? Let's say there's 25 horses on that graphic. You're, we, we only have one horse that's in the top 25 horses in the world. Do you I, personally I believe think, that? I would think. I would think if there 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 are a number of horses that probably are under the mark, they should be. And I think the 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 leading one is Adamo because of what he did in the spring. And if he went went through the spring undefeated, there is no doubt they would have they would have given him a little bit extra. But the whole the whole the whole system is. Is, yeah. is well, one way. Get, uh, well, can, and it's yeah. got us talking. Look, it's got us talking. Exactly. The, the, the whole, whole system yeah. is the whole system is geared to try and give us some idea where everyone sits against each other. And I don't think you could argue about uh, the two horses at the top. They they are they are horses that we all know now. Flightline and Bad 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 Eid, and they're they're both purely and simply outstanding horses. But um, I think. Australian racing is sometimes rather undersold, and I think New South Wales racing in particular is undersold, considering considering it's the best racing in Australia. Now, uh, Chris, what about yesterday when it came to uh, these inquiries? Um, we we saw obviously two inquiries yesterday. Yeah, the, I just correct you. I wasn't there yesterday. They Dave was having a day off, um, but looking You're at like the, the results, um, yeah. Uh, Munzee, um, I had a Munzee, and and but looking at the results, it t- the more you look at these results, the more you think Tommy Berry's been a bit hard laid down by to get in 12, 12 months. Like, um, what has become clear out of these two inquiries is that jockeys cannot receive money from punters who they've given information to, 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 and everyone is on notice now. So, and doing it, and on both occasions, it's been done via. A known associate in Tommy's case, his mum through his mum's account, and there's argument whether he directly benefited from that, but you know that can go on for a long time. And he he's got 11 months. Carla Nisbet's um, taken only a thousand dollars cash, but she only got a month for in the end for for that. And there was only one precedence of taking a consideration that stewards could find, and that was 1997, and it was a six months DQ. So. You know, you look at the look at them and you go, "Geez, that's um, you know, you have to be a bit stiff there. You have to think Tommy's a bit stiff, and you have a pretty good case on appeal." Carla is, but she 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 pleaded guilty, had a good record, so she was two down to one for taking the thousand. Um, in the second charge, she was two down to to one for good behave good behaviour, which was um, giving false false and misleading evidence. Now, I think there was a trainer I remember got three or four months. I can't clean the home. He, he went into the steward's room, said he didn't know anything about it, and then a minute later went back in and said, mate, I'm sorry, I, I was a bit flustered, and he copped four months for that, and um, Carla's only copped a month for that, but she, she misses, she'll be missing for a couple of months. Jack Martin, well, he was betting in his brother's account, and the bets aren't that big. Like The biggest bet was 150 on Wicklow on, on a Saturday. They, they, he just had a, had a go. The smallest one was $8.50 on a Eight dollars, eight dollars thirty-three on a horse. He he was found guilty there. 
he 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 was found not guilty of having an interest in a vet bet or anything. So that probably um, on a horsey road. So that sort of got him down. But in the end, he's going to do he's going to do four months disqualify four months one week disqualification when it all rolled out because he's of his guilty pleas and good behaviour and things like that. And then he does another another month um, suspension, another couple of months suspension. So it's um. It's one of those cases, these cases that now everyone's on. Everyone knows what what the rules are. No one can say like in both ca- cases the punter has said, oh, "I didn't understand that I couldn't give a jockey some money for riding a winner." Well, everyone everyone knows knows the rules now. Jacob Hoffman got nine months for his part in this. He um he's um he'll 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 won't be able to have a bet for a while, but you know. When you when you look at it and you say this is what this is what everyone thinks goes on in racing, if there's only been able to be one case proven in you know thirty years up until now, it shows you how hard these cases are to find. And now Tommy was very Tommy Berry's phone was taken because of this Canberra investigation and the ongoing investigation about his sister-in-law Carla and that. And we probably never find out about this unless this Canberra investigation happens. So. Um, I think Tommy goes to appeal, appeal, and after sitting through it, I think he'd 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 have a fair case looking at these judgments that he'd be um, he'll he'll probably get a reduction of some sort. Um, it's just it's just a black eye for black eye for his reputation. But in the end, um, I don't think it was I don't think it was the worst uh, not the worst thing. I know he's taken money from a partner, and people will say, oh. What else is he getting and things like that and and that? But he on numerous occasions he told the punter, "I don't want any money. I don't need money." And then I think what happened was it it, it just become such a the bloke was so keen and um, Zad Miller was so keen to to show his gratitude to Tommy and that they were good for, they were they were mates and it it sort of just wore Tommy down. So I I would think you know. Um, Zad Miller, he he goes. He, he actually said it's quite embarrassing that all this has come up, and you know I actually didn't know the rule until Tommy explained it to me. But then he went on and paid it to. I think they he paid it to 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 Tommy's mum, thinking that that was a way to do something at least. Mm. Uh, now before we let you uh, go, um, they're moving some things down south. It seems like it's all going to happen too. They're going to they're going to completely change that carnival south of the border. Yeah, it's um, it's well, not completely changing it. They're moving it. I thought you could change the Cox Plate back. They're moving the Cox Plate back a month, so it won't be a Group One anymore. And if they if they try and try and push that through as a Group One, they're breaking every rule rule of the padding committee, which they've argued black and blue about the Everest that you know it can't be a Group One, it can't do this, it can't be that. Well, you can't move a. It's in black and white. You can't move a group a group race more than a month without permission from the from the padding committee. Now the padding committee hasn't sat for a year because of the well, is this the loggerheads between Is this the, the peace pipe? Between, is this what happens? Well, is, is this is this is well, this a situation I, where Cox Plate moves, Everest becomes group one, we all wake up to ourselves and go, you know what, how good, racing's the real winner here and we get instead of, you know, a condensed month of racing, we get racing right through into December. Because let's face it, I, I don't want to be watching Big Bash in December and that. I'd rather be watching Cox Plates and this think, and that and we all, Hunters we and Gongs. Think, we've all, all think that racing 
needs to widen its footprint. And there'd be two reasons why Melbourne are doing this. Now, one is Mooney Valley want another Saturday during spring. They don't have many. They don't have many Saturday meetings, and they want another Saturday that will um, they they think will give them uh, another big crowd. Now, no one's going to go to a Moya Stakes on a Saturday before the for the Derby in between the Derby and the Coalfield Cup. They, that that's going to be a day where you might get a few. You'll get the hard hard rusted on racing people, but you know it used to be three weeks in a row in in Melbourne. You go Caulfield Cup. If you don't go to Caulfield Cup, you go to the Cox Plate and you probably go to Derby Day. You know, you get your big crowds those days and then Cup Week. Now, if they do move, the move would be, and I was talking to a number of people in Melbourne about this, it's um, to get real estate on a Saturday so you can have more real estate. Now, the Moya Stakes becomes completely irrelevant because it's it's one res- one resounding factor in its in its. In it, be, it being a Group One, is that if you win it, you basically get a run in the Everest, and that's that's what's held, held its field together for the last uh, six years. Like people have used it as the thousand metre lead up into the into the Everest if they want to go sprint three weeks into the Everest and and go there. Now, the Moya Stakes, if it wasn't if it if it wasn't uh, if it didn't have that, would be basically a Group Three over a thousand metres at the Valley, and and that's 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 a f- that's the fact that's a fact about that. They've got too many Group One races for sprinters and Mooney Valley. They've got three there, there and there, and basically they probably only need one. If you look at it, they've got as many open Group One sprints at Mooney Valley as they've got at Flemington, and more than they've got at Fleming, uh, more than they've got at Ramwick. How is Mooney Valley the king of sprinting in Australia? It's ridiculous. So, um, uh, you know, if you've got a good sprinter, and if I said to you, you've got a good sprinter and you want to win a couple of group ones, and I said to you, well, you better be a good horse at the Valley, you go, what? And, well, you can win a William Reed, a, a Moyer Stakes and a Manicato. Now, um, that just doesn't ring true. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not, everyone understands, oh, I need to, if I'm a good sprinter, I need to go to the Valley. So... Moving the moving the Cox Plate. I've spoken to a, to a couple of trainers about this. They've they've moved the times with with um with races moving around. You know, we saw what happened to the Epson this year. It it, it basically did, lost lost a lost a lot of a lot of the good horses because they were waiting for races later in the the spring. And when you've got two million dollars on a five diamonds, ten million dollars on a on a Golden Eagle, it's sort of lost lost its luster a li- little bit and and didn't attract the field. It traditionally attracts, so you know you look at you look at that and you go, well, that, that's the race that's been affected in Sydney. Now moving this race back, um, trainers will adjust, have adjusted and said, right, well, we're going to go for the bigger money later in the spring, and we don't. Most of the if you if you've got a if you've got a gelding, you're not really worried about what it's going to do for its stud value, and there's not that many stallions around that are looking for for to be made stallions, so. You, you're looking for prize money, and basically, with the boys and the girls, well, they can get their black type through. Should get their black type on their way there through group group twos and group threes. The move of the thousand guineas, I don't know where that's come from, and how they, they there's no there's no substance to any of this um, this this announce this so-called announcement, which was floated on 
what I might add is Racing Victoria's wholly owned media arm. So, you know, it's it's quite obvious where it come from. And Racing Victoria go, oh, we don't know where it come from. Well, we can tell them where it come from. It's it's, it's very obvious that this is this has come straight from straight from the top near the top of Racing Victoria. Um, what are the lead ups to a thousand guineas? Have they changed the program to give give the get these fillies to the guineas? All of a sudden, you've got the guineas run two weeks after the after the oaks, which the guineas are sometimes used by oaks horses to get to the oaks. And if you go back through the guineas history, the um, major lead up to it is the flight. The major major contributor to horses that win the race is the flight stakes, which is run a week or two or ten days earlier. And usually, the horses coming out of the flight stakes go down there and run very well in a thousand guineas. Like Madame Paul Marie did this year when she was beaten out of sight in Sydney and went down there and won won the Group One in Melbourne. It's mm. um, it's it's you know there's there's a lot of moving parts to this that haven't been explained by just saying oh we're going to move the Cox Plate. But what I can tell you is that Mooney Valley wanted an extra Saturday in spring, and they didn't want to be on Golden Eagle Day. Didn't want 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 um, the Cox Plate to be on Golden Eagle Day, and. Uh, this year, the Golden Eagle will be run on Cox Plate. Well, what was Cox Plate Day? So now the Golden Eagle is going to have absolute free air. So every major jockey and every major trainer will be in Sydney because that's that'll be the big, big, big race of the day. Day and there, there's not anything to keep you in Melbourne unless you might have a Melbourne Cup horse going around. I would think the Mooney Valley Cup doesn't move, but that wasn't explained in 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 the so-called league. So we'll we'll see. But as I say, um, trainers are just, and if if it means you've got to be still there with your best horse at the end of November, well, it means it'll be very hard for horses to be back in time to run in, in the autumn in in Melbourne. So the They've already pushed back the Australian Cup, so that looks like it was a preemptive strike to make to try and keep horses in Melbourne. But that's that's the world we live in. You do the best for your jurisdiction and all praise them. They they're trying to trying something different. They're trying to do the best for their jurisdiction. But I would like to, like to think that any fair-minded people would look at it and say, well, you've argued for the last five years about um, tradition and pattern, and now you're moving races a month which means they cannot be group one races unless you can get the pattern committee to agree with it and as you said it's probably going to be used as leverage to try and say oh we'll give you the we'll make the everest a group one and maybe the golden eagle a group one if you accede to our request of moving the cox plate Mm. cox plate could be like wimbledon it might be you know they didn't pay for ranking points there last year it might not even be a group one this year next year Chris, thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Look forward to the articles over the weekend. Good luck on the punt today, too. No problems, mate. See ya.